Can my horoscope help with my horniness? What is up, sapiosexuals? Thank you for turning on Sex in South Beach with your girl, Dr. Sanjaya, America's sex educator. And the sex situation we're getting into today is all about how to use astrology to really have a good influence on our orgasmic potential. Like, how do we read the horoscope to help us with our love life and to help us break down this uh, fun situation that we all do every single weekend when they release the new horoscopes? I'm so excited to have Bethany Nicole with us. She is an LA-based author and astrologer, relationship expert, and she's also just completed the book, about the apologies she never got. Thank you so much, Bethany, for being with us. I'm so excited to discuss astrology and orgasms. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So tell me, should we all be reading our horoscopes every weekend to see what's going to happen in our love life? Like, how relevant is that? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I actually write a love horoscope specifically. I write it for the Hollywood Times, and it's all about what's coming up for your love life weekly, monthly, just overall. Um, everything from full moons, eclipses, these things can absolutely affect our orgasms and affect where we're feeling our sexual potency, how we're feeling it, what we're looking for. All of that is connected. So yes, you should be reading your horoscope. Awesome. Now, sometimes... I've heard from clients in the past, and I know when I was out in the dating scene, I also thought a lot about this. What if you meet someone and you're attracted to them, but your horoscope says your signs are not compatible? Is it okay to date them or should you just break it off immediately? Yeah, that's an excellent question. It's one I get a lot too. So when you're talking about astrological compatibility in relationships, there's so many layers to it. So what you're looking at with horoscopes is our sun sign, and that's kind of our general life path, all of those things. And that's basic energetic elemental compatibility. But what we talk about when we're getting into the relationship realm as well, we're looking at your Venus placement, and we're really looking at your moon sign because that's where your emotional realm is. So there's a lot of layers. So even if your sun signs aren't necessarily compatible, there could be other pieces of your chart that are very compatible. So how do we find our moon sign? Absolutely. So if you've ever had just a natal chart reading, it's just a little crescent moon and it's in what we call the top three. So your top three really kind of define your relationships, your life path, just everything that really kind of sums you up. You can look at there. There are deeper layers, but it really helps guide you. And so your top three is your sun sign, your moon sign, and what we call your ascendant or your rising sign. And all of that, if you do a natal chart, there's so many places you can get one done for free. And you're just looking for the sun, you're looking for the little crescent moon, and then you're looking for, it can be um, your ascendant line, it could be shown with a little arrow, and those three are really going to help you understand what kind of partner would be a good fit, generally speaking. That's really cool. So you should not focus just on your sun sign. For example, I'm a Scorpio, but I should know the other parts of my chart in order to really get a clearer idea of who might be compatible. 
right? Absolutely. And Scorpio, it's absolutely no surprise that you run this podcast because Scorpio is absolutely the sex sign. It is the sign of those deeper emotions and watery feelings. And they're kind of dark and twisty and they like to kind of delve into those deeper realms. Um, And really when I'm looking at a chart for sexual compatibility, I'm looking at where Scorpio lives in their chart because Scorpio really rules the day when it comes to that. Oh, I, funny. I my whole life, and no one was has ever been surprised with my <laughs> like, My mom's just like, keep her off the pole. Just keep her off the pole. <laughs> so it's okay to date someone who might, on the surface, not be compatible with your immediate sun sign. But if it's someone who you like, you should go deeper and you should figure out the other aspects of your chart. And there's lots of free places to do it. And you should be checking your love horoscope. And remind us, where can people find the love horoscopes that you write every week? It's at hollywoodtimes.com. Awesome. So I'm going to check my hollywoodtimes.com love horoscope (laughs) this week. So can we use astronomy to tell us about our sexual relationships, like the quality of them? Like, let's say I'm dating a guy and I like him and things are going really well, but um, I really don't want to have sex anymore with people if it's not going to be a good sexual relationship. And I know from a sexologist perspective, I would say, well, you can ask these types of questions to get insight on what some of their sexual preferences are and some of their sexual values. But let's say we're looking at astrology. Um, Can that tell us also about the quality of intimate interactions that we might have with someone? Absolutely. It can also kind of help you see what um, what might turn you on, right? Because if you're looking at, so your eighth house in astrology is considered kind of the sex and intimacy house. It's ruled by Scorpio, of course. Um, and so going to your eighth house is really going to give you a lot of information about what kind of gets you going, right? Because so for example, someone who has maybe Capricorn is the eighth house, um, you might have something kind of like power or like a really driven career might really be what's doing it for you. Someone who has cancer, let's say that would be more like, maybe they're more turned on by these like cozy Netflix and like nurturing and, you know, somebody who really takes care of them and all of these things. So, and we see that a lot, right. And there's no really, you know, it's hard to really predict exactly what gets us going until we're in it. And we're like, oh, it's this, like, this is what's doing it. But with astrology, it can kind of give you an idea. It can kind of give you words to what you're already feeling and what you already know. And it's helping you maybe pick people based on that. So, you know, if you're really into someone in, you know, this high powered career, like that's really what does it for you then you can look in your chart and probably see that. And that's giving you words to what you're already kind of knowing and feeling. And it can kind of just save you a little time on what you're, you know, looking for out in the dating world. That's awesome. Now, everyone uses dating apps nowadays Mm -hmm. to find their next date or their next person they're going to sleep with. How can we use astrology with our dating app? Explain to us how that might benefit people who are using dating apps so they don't have to waste so much time. Yeah, absolutely. So most dating apps are driven by the sun sign. So they have you kind of put in what your sun sign is. And what I kind of tell people with that is 
that's even getting at your basic compatibility, right? So that's looking at your sun sign really is about your life path. It can point towards what you want to do, your values, and just kind of how you show up in the world, right? Um, you know, like Aries are very fiery, very passionate. Um, so they pair really well with Leos who are also very fiery and passionate. Can that translate to the bedroom? Absolutely. <laughs> That's just kind of an aspect of personality. Does it necessarily? Kind of depends what else is going on in the chart. But using dating apps, you can look at some really basic things. So, so if you're looking at, you know, an Aries matching with a Cancer, for example, what you want to look at there is elementally. That's the very baseline when we look at astrology. So all of the signs are associated with an element. And the basic rule of that is elements usually do well with elements of their own kind. So the example we gave, Aries and Leo, are both fire signs. They do well with each other. Um, a fiery Aries with a very watery Cancer, uh, that's considered a really tough pairing. So you kind of look at just, you know, the elements really give us clues. And then you're looking at things like values. What do they value? You're looking at energy, like how fast moving are they? Are they more slow, more cautious? And again, this can all translate to the bedroom um, where Aries is the leader. Aries is the first zodiac. So Aries is very take charge. But that can also translate into how they enter into relationships. They come in really hot. They come in really fast. They want to really take charge and be in this prime position in them. So you're getting some clues from these things. And even though you might be, if you're really attracted to someone, you might want to explore a little deeper, right? Even if your signs aren't initially very compatible. But these are kind of the things you can look at of like, does this work for me? Is this something I would be really into? And is this something worth exploring? Awesome. Now, what about for couples who are already established? And let's say they've never looked into their astrology beyond the sun signs, right? And let's say they're going through a problem period. Do you think it might be helpful for them to get their whole charts read? I think it's always helpful for partners to learn about each other. Like I often give a blank body diagram to mm -hmm. a couple and I have them mark all of her hot spots in green, you know, and all the places she doesn't, you know, that don't bother in red and then <laughs> yes. for the ones in between. And then I have her do it for her partner and then they switch and correct each other. She's like, what? I don't like when you touch me there. Why do you have a green there? <laughs> <That's> not <laughs> so, um, so I'm thinking if a couple is having a problem, I was thinking it might be helpful um, to get their full charts read and then almost learn about each other through that. What's your perspective about that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Something like seeing where Venus, your planet is, that can really clue you in on ways to people's hearts. And again, looking in the eighth house, that can tell you a lot about their sexuality, their preferences. Um, even there's something called a black moon Lilith, which especially for females can be where your repressed sexuality lies. That's like a whole area of astrology that's really surfacing right now. And it's showing us kind of, um, you know, the dark feminine and, and being very open and sexually expressive and maybe even, you know, somewhat aggressive and taking charge that could be very repressed in females and seeing where the black moon Lilith lies can actually help women really access that and see what maybe they're kind of exiling and hiding that if they really brought it to light, they could really enjoy. 
Right, because we are socialized, especially females. We're socialized like, no, you should not want sex or else you're a whore, right? And so Absolutely. we grow up and there might be something that's saying, no, we should be having some more sex and some better sex and maybe some more creative sex. Absolutely. Let's talk about the red, yellow, and green flags in relationships, because I know this is an area that you have focused on in the past. And I think that we all need to know, as I was just talking about, you know, the red, yellow, and green about where to touch. What are you, (laughs) tell us about your red, yellow, and green flags. Absolutely. So when you're looking at what I kind of do for my clients is I have them do dating deal breakers and deal makers. And even just allowing them to start that process because it really is so nuanced, right? What might be a deal breaker for me maybe isn't a deal breaker for someone else. And we really want to get clear on what those are. So the deal makers would be the green flags. And the green flags are the things that get you excited, the things that get you tingly, the things that give you the butterflies, so to speak. Um, Just the things that make you feel really passionate and inspired um, and really light you up about somebody else. Like, oh my gosh, me too. I love that. Like just whatever it is that gets you, you feel that energy boost from. The yellow flag is where you're kind of feeling that little bit of gut clench, right? That little bit of like, oh, I don't know. You're, and you can see like, you know, even as I'm talking about it, my body's kind of constricting, right? Right. And that can also affect your sex life as well. If you're kind of unsure about someone and you're in that restrictive, like this kind of works for me, it kind of doesn't, you know, that's really going to translate to a lot of areas of a relationship. And the right. red flags are the things that are like, I feel horrible about this. This is not going to work. We do not bring dogs no. into the, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hard no. Exactly. And I know one of the motivational people who I listen to often talks about if it's not a hell yes that it's, it's a hell no <laughs> a hell no if it, unless it's a hell yeah you know it's not so and it sounds like you're saying something similar the yellow flags bring you you know it's kind of like you're not sure about it but we're really looking for when we're in terms of you know sexual and sensual compatibility green flags and I like what you said, green, um, more similarities. So I know I'm a Scorpio, my sun sign is Scorpio, it's water. I do think I do better with Pisces and Cancers who are also water signs. Um, did not marry one though. (laughs) Oh, what's your, what's your partner's sign? Um, right on the cusp of Scorpio, but I want to get the full chart done because, um, right on the cusp, he's Libra, um, technically, but all day I'm like, you are so, I call him like an undeveloped Scorpio. (laughs) 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 Like he hasn't quite come into the Scorpio owness. I think that I also do think that there is a developmental aspect, a level of maturity to all of people's sexual relationships. So you could have all of the skills and you could have been born with all of the assets that could have translated if developed into an ideal relationship partner. But if you did not spend your life developing those skills, then you're no better than a 10 year old without the skills. Um, Right, right. And for males too, the black moon Lilith uh, symbol 
I mean, it's not just for female, it is a feminine, you know, archetype, but you can look at it in men to see where their sexuality might be repressed as well, because, you know, their type of repression is a little bit different. They could actually want to be in a more submissive role, but they're like, oh, that's not masculine. I can't do that. Um, so it would work well to, to check and see where maybe they haven't fully come into their own sexuality either. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. The love languages. This is something that comes up in my house all of the time. You know, I'm told, you like the love language of service. That's when I do things for you. Um, But tell us a little bit about um, the love languages. Should we really be paying attention and asking potential partners, what is your love language? Because I think that most often we relate to people in our own love languages, right? I like this. This is what makes me feel excited about our relationship or about wanting to have sex with you. And so I'm going to do the same things for you, but that Mm -hmm. often doesn't work, right? Yeah. 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 And you can, there are circumstances where people give and receive love languages differently. So that does happen. And I think even just starting the conversation, you know, I know people get you know, they're like, is this really that important? And I'm like, if you don't want to put a label on it, just say what you like, just have the conversation of what you like. And I think for me, the example I use a lot, um, so I'm a Scorpio moon, which is the emotional seat and how I show up in relationships a lot of the time. Um, And so physical touch is a very common love language for Scorpios, because again, it's really that very sexual sign. Um, And so for me, if I'm on a date or in, you know, dating someone and they're not showing up for me in physical form, like they're not holding my hand, they're not putting their arm around me, they're not putting a hand on my leg, then I'm questioning if they're even into me. And by date three or four, if that's not happening, I'm actually kind of assuming like, I don't think they're that into me or I'm not feeling this or I'm not connecting with them. But a simple conversation on date one or two, even just getting that going, now they're aware. So if they are into me, and even if physical touch isn't one of their top ones, then at least they know kind of how to show me that maybe they're interested. And, you know, I think for married couples, especially, you're just sending shots in the wrong direction, right? If you're not really attuning into, you know, what other people's love languages is. Um, you know, especially with things like acts of service and gifts, they're very like, you know, underrated, I guess, ones where people can really miss the memo. They're like, okay, you cleaned up the fridge and that means you love me? Like I'm lost, you know, but for other people, they're like, yes, they cleaned out the fridge. Like it's go time. Like, and I think just having those conversations is so huge. Absolutely. And you made a very good point. Really, even if you're not in a relationship, knowing your own love languages are really important because our partners are not mind readers. And our natural tendency is to give to people what we want for ourselves. And so it's very, I think it's really an act of self-love when you're on a date with someone and you're able to say, look, one of my love languages is touch. And you're so kind. You're like, oh, he must not be into me. I'm like, oh, he's gay. <laughs> I'm like, why? It still doesn't like me. Something's gay. I'm the wrong one. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that you can say it's um, whether it's, uh, you know, words of affirmation or acts of service or physical touch or quality time or 
Um, so knowing your own love language can be incredibly, I think, powerful, especially if you are single and you're looking for someone who you want to establish a relationship with. And I think for people who are mature and getting into relationships, what a gift to be on a date with someone who's like, hey, this is my love language, you Absolutely. know? Yeah, because you're getting everything, especially with dating, right? Like you're not in a situation where you do have to compromise. You can get everything you want out of a relationship if you're going into a dating situation. So I think it's so empowering to be able to say, you know, this is what I want. I don't want to compromise this. So if this isn't where we're compatible, that's okay. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's such a big step because, you know, for so long, it we looked at compatibility in very different light of, did we make similar thing like amounts of money or do we have similar jobs and we're getting into like how do you show up in love and like what is our sexual compatibility and like we're really learning to get everything we want in relationships and I love that I think it's so great absolutely now I want to um switch gears a little bit and talk about the apologies that you never got yes. because <laughs> I'm a big believer, like you got to move on. Their problems are their problems. You're never probably going to understand the people who seem the most complicated to you. So yeah. you could spend your whole day wondering, how does their brain work? Why did they <laughs> do this? Why haven't they called to apologize? So tell me about your book, um, The Apologies That I Never Got. Why did you write it? And what was the inspiration? Yeah, I mean, I think as a lot of inspiration is it came from my own experience of, you know, my life and relationships just were not working and I could not figure it out. I was like, what is going on? Um, and then I really started to dig deep and realized I had all these resentments. I had all of these kind of grudges and um, I was taking out so much stuff from past relationships into my new relationships, from childhood, from just all kinds of things. And I really just, I mean, it just was kind of this inspiration of, wow, I am never going to get those apologies. Why am I waiting for these? And then like kind of taking that accountability of this is my job to heal myself from, you know, whatever has happened. It's not maybe my fault that it happened, but here we are, right? I can't continue to have this wound space because of something my parent did because it's done. It's over. I need to heal this and move on so that my life and relationships can work. And so that's what I've started doing with clients. That's why I wrote the book, like just really, and it's really the first stop I see for people coming and saying like, I'm dating the same person over and over or all my relationships fail. I'm like, okay, let's talk about if there's any resentments, if there's any apologies you feel like you're still waiting on and just taking that empowerment and that accountability of, I can, I can do this work. I can heal myself. I don't need them at all for this. And I can create the love and life I want all on my own. I can write my own apologies for the ones I never got and move on. Absolutely. Now let's go just a little bit deeper in that. So you can move on without the apologies. And I absolutely 100% agree with you. You have to move on regardless of whether the other person has ever come to your terms. Um, do you forgive the person in moving on? Does that require forgiveness? So that's so interesting. Yes, I am a big proponent of forgiveness. I think it's a really misunderstood concept. So that I think there's a lot of layers to it. Um, and I think it's really a process, right? Like it's actually a grief process. You're going through the stages of grief. So when I talk about forgiveness, I don't mean you're going to maybe get there the next day, right? 
maybe they did something to you last week and it's, you know, you don't want to skip steps on this, but my goal with all of my clients is to get them to a state of forgiveness. Um, and I do believe it is the final stage of that process to be able to move on. And I know it's a little bit controversial for people because they say like, I don't have to forgive them. I'm fine. I'm great. I'm healed. <laughs> it's like, you sound great. You sound like you're really, <laughs> you, <laughs> <with> it. Like, <laughs> you know, so it's like, um, really, you know, that forgiveness process is about the gift of freedom that we're giving ourselves because we're not holding anybody accountable. We're not hanging on to stuff. So yeah, it's, um, I do believe in forgiveness. I do believe it's a concept we can get to. Um, I know it's a tough one in relationship world. I know it's a tough one in general. People think that they can skip that step, but to me, I think getting to that point, even if it's not today, even if it's not tomorrow, even if it's five years down the road, I think it's an important part of our ultimate healing process. I agree with you because I also think it shifts your energy to more of an open. We sort of become the person we want to be. Like, I want to be a lighthearted, nice person who can understand, wow, that person who cut me off in the highway, they must be in a real rush. Maybe they're having a baby (laughs) rushing to the hospital, which is why they almost caused an accident with me. Let me move on and not, you know, because they're now 20 miles away and you're still flipping them off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And even I think, you know, to me, I get really deep with it in the book in a lot of ways, but it's even, you know, getting to the point of, you don't even have to necessarily like assume the best of someone. You can just understand that on a human level, we all do these types of things. We're all petty. We're all shallow. We're all selfish. Sometimes we're mean spirited. We all have our moments of that. And it's just varying shades of degrees of it, right? Like there are things that we really hope we would never do or be a part of, but given the right circumstances, it's possible. You just, if you grew up the way this person did or lived through their experiences. So it's just kind of getting to the point in my practice. And for me, it's like, you know, they're human and this is the kind of crap humans do sometimes. And, you know, I mean, and I find forgiveness in that because we all do these things and we hope we wouldn't do maybe what this person did, but you know, the truth is we all play victim villain. We all have our good and bad moments. There are all people in our lives that could come forward and tell a story about us that would make us cringe as, you know, we really messed up on that one. And so I think for me, that's really, um, you know, I try to get at it from this real place. Like you don't have to Pollyanna, you don't have to think they're the greatest person in in the world, but you can just get to that human level of um, not taking it so personally of like, you know, when people are hurt, this is the kind of stuff they do. When people are trapped or scared or wounded, like this is, this is just what we do. We're humans. We do this stuff. And so I think just getting to that point of, um, you know, empathy and forgiveness of just, you know, this person has their own stuff going on and I forgive them for their human, whatever humanness that they did (laughs) that acted it out on me. Absolutely. Often, I I often say, you know, when you go out with someone and you're on a first date with someone or a, a tenth date with someone, but 
anyone who you're attracted to or you've been with has probably done some really awful things to the person <laughs> they did before you, right? Probably. But you're not her. Just like your yeah. ex-friend or your ex-partner is probably, you know, they're really great to the next person, but you're like, look what they did to me, though. Yeah, so yeah. All, and it works, as you said, Someone can come forth in everybody's life and, you know, recall an experience where we, we absolutely were not our best selves. And it's a joke. I often, I play with my husband. We meet at a bar like we didn't know each other and we talk about how horrible, <laughs> oh, my ex-wife, I had to leave her. It was like, oh, she did this, she did that. And I'm like, oh, what a bitch. And he's talking about me, of course, I'm talking about him. Let me tell you what this guy did. And it's like, because I, I, you will end up when you end a relationship and you go on to the next relationship, those things, same things happened in the past lives of whoever you're going to date anyway. Right. But because they didn't happen to us with them. They didn't do it to us. Mm -hmm. We're able to embark on a new relationship. You might yeah. go out on a date with a guy who's like, oh, no, I actually you know, I wasn't faithful to my wife or I I I I didn't contribute my fair share to the finances or to the child rearing, or I wasn't, I didn't show up enough in the relationship. And they learn from those experiences, which is why you might be interested in dating them. Absolutely. But, you know, their ex-wife is done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, she's had done. it. Yeah. Please take him away from me. Absolutely. Um, I think that's really cool. And I also appreciate what you said is that you don't have to, um, wait to be happy. You said that. And so often people were reading these horoscopes on a Saturday or a Sunday morning. We're reading it. And I'm like, okay, is the week going to be good? Is my forever going to start now? And I saw in a show not too long ago, and I love this line. It's like, you're happily ever after can start right now. Yes. You don't need to meet Mr. or Ms. Right for your happily ever after to start right this second when you are in charge of your own happily ever after, you're like, my happily ever after starts right now. You're so much more attractive to everyone who you encounter. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I completely agree with you when you're in that state of forgiveness, your energy completely shifts. And I feel like you attract the kind of people that you want to have in your life. And even if, I mean, if you're holding these resentments, right. And I've seen it with clients, even if Mr. Right does show up, they're so busy comparing him to this last person and they're having conversations with this new person about them. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like this new person. I mean, this new person, your Mr. Right is in front of you and all you can do is, is say like, Oh, well, he's so much better than Mr. Wrong. And it's like, right. That's resentment. That's still like the lack of forgiveness. That's still just that, that, holding on to something that you just want to let go. And so that's why I kind of push and really help my clients get to that level because I'm like, you're not going anywhere with this resentment. You're, you know, your e-brakes on and your foot's on the gas. Like if you, because you want to get to the point where if this person shows up, you're ready, you're clean and clear and ready to start this new, happy, healthy relationship with them. So that's what I mean when your happiness starts right now, because you can make that decision right now. Absolutely. Because the thing, what you just pointed out is Mr. Right is not going to be attracted to you if you're still feeling stung and exuding this stung energy from whatever Mr. Wrong did for you, did to you. Exactly. Mr. Exactly. Right is like, let me walk away because this person <laughs> is very 
hung up on this bad. <laughs> yes. And I'm actually looking for someone to be with now. So Yes, exactly. Um, exactly. I'm the second person in a row that I have actually interviewed on the podcast. I interviewed a relationship coach um a couple of weeks ago and she also was like all, almost all of her work is an energy shift now yes. because you have to be in this in this state where you're giving off the good juju where yes. you know the healthy happy hormones are what's flowing mm-hmm. and you're in a receptive mode so you're actually able to receive Mr or Ms right when they show up you're yes. actually in this place where you can receive them and you can notice them and you're not blocking it off so um, and I think one really cool way that we could uh, start shifting the energy and it's very lighthearted and easy. And it does have to do with a lot of our behaviors that we are already doing. Like, why not check Bethany Nicole's love horoscopes on Sunday yes. or Saturday? When do they come out? When do your love horoscopes come out? Um, usually on Sunday or Monday. Sunday or Monday. So to mm-hmm. check them and get excited about it. And I was also thinking it's kind of a sexy thing to do as a couple. Like, oh, baby, yeah. I'm gonna, oh my gosh, my said I'm going to have all this great sex this week. When are we going to have this great sex I'm supposed to be having? Exactly. You know, when is my, you know, the most romantic day of the year is, oh, oh no, it's on Thursday. Yeah, exactly. On Thursday, but it can provide a little bit a very palatable, very easy, easily digestible, like fuel to spice up either your, your energy for being in this mode of receptivity, or mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship, it can spice up what you're doing right now. And in, in an easy and fun way, like, oh, I guess we have to cook naked on Thursdays. Cause I'm supposed to yeah. have this next thing <laughs> or you know or should I go on match.com what should I do you know exactly um, exactly um but it's it's a nice fun way to play with it um and I can't wait till your book comes out we'll have to have you back when you're in the middle of your book tour when your book absolutely, comes out absolutely absolutely because then I think we can think about all of our relationships none of us really want to be with someone who's still mad at their ex yeah, it's not a good look. <laughs> Energetically, emotionally, it's just not a good look. And yeah, the thing I really emphasize with it is, you know, we think we're holding some sort of power or we're like getting back at someone by not forgiving them. And at the end of the day, we're just hurting ourselves, right? That's all we've done, really. Um, and really forgiveness is freedom. And we see it over and over and over. And we see it in every philosophy, every religion, you know, this is not a new concept, right? And I think we're just kind of re-exploring it in the dating world, especially. But yeah, if you really, that's the main advice I give people all the time. If they feel like they're stuck or they're repeating cycles, I'm like, take a look at your forgiveness bingo card. What's on there that needs to be addressed? Like you have to feel it to heal it. And once you start that process, your doors are going to start opening. You know, that's just the first step really in getting where you want to go. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So you guys know what time it is. It is time for your climax, where I give you a little something, something to remember about how to use astrology to what? Level up your love life. One, remember your top three signs are your sun, your moon, and your rising. So it's not just the sign that you've known you were since you were a kid. You have to look at all Three. And these signs best summarize your personality, your values, 
And they're really the first step in understanding how the stars impact your love life. Check, right, Bethany? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Two, remember these two tips if you're searching for love online using dating apps. One, look at their values. And two, look at their elemental signs. Like signs are most compatible. And we use the example, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm a water sign. So I vibe really well with Pisces and Cancer, who are also water signs. But it doesn't mean that if someone's not a water sign that we're not compatible. We might just want to dig a little bit deeper and look at the other elements of their chart. And three, forgiveness is the gift of freedom you're giving yourself. And it's going to shift your energy. It's like throw that baggage out already (laughs) and move forward light and lovely and being in that receptive mode. So when Mr. or Ms. Wright shows up, you are ready just like they're ready for you. And four, you know what you're doing this Sunday. You're going to check out Bethany's column in the Hollywood (laughs) Times, her love horoscopes. And we're all going to have fun. And we're going to use these love horoscopes to either spice up our existing relationships or shift our energy into a better place so that we can attract the relationship that we're looking for. Boom. For your daily dose of Nookie knowledge, check me out on all the social media networks. That's Dr. Sanjaya, S-O-N-J-I-A, on TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram. Come on, baby. You know you want to link up. And where can we find you, Bethany? Please give us your socials. Absolutely. So Bethany Nicole Love is my personal one. It's got the astrology. It's got those pieces. Uh, The book also has its own apologies I never got. And you get all kinds of dating and relationship advice. And it's got snippets of people's uh, actual apologies that they've written themselves. Oh, that's a very, very good concept as well. Thank you so much for being here, Bethany. I had so much fun chatting with you today. I'm super interested in astrology. So this is a super fun conversation. Um, Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And thank you guys so much for tuning into Sex in South Beach, where everyone comes for happier, healthier sex. Don't you deserve great sex? Turn on the Sex in South Beach podcast to level up your love life. Sex in South Beach, hosted by Dr. Sanjaya, America's only Ivy League educated sexologist and medical professor at the University of Miami. Find Sex in South Beach wherever you listen to podcasts. Sex in South Beach, where everyone comes for happier, healthier sex.